How many of y'all here today have ever had God tell you something or promise you something in some way? See several hands. Alright. Now out of those that raise your hand, how many of you have seen what God told you or promised you come to pass? A lot of you. Now how many of you have had God tell you something or promise you something that hasn't yet come to pass? I include myself in that group. I include myself in both groups. I've seen both. I've still got some promises that I'm hanging on to. I don't yet know how. And honestly, I don't even know why God would promise these things. I don't know how He's going to fulfill it. In fact, it seems impossible. I can't fathom how God is going to pull this one out, right? I know there's nothing I can do. But I'm going to hang on to the promise, okay? So what I want to talk to you about today is thinking of that thing. Thinking of those promises or or the things God has told you. Where do you put your trust? You see, because you can look at those things, whatever they may be. You know, it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be a job. It could be some material thing that that God said He's going to provide for you. It could be a relationship. Whatever. The, The sky's the limit. Whatever it is God has promised to you, are you trusting and believing that what He said is going to happen? You see, when He first promised me, oh, it ain't no sweat, right? It's still fresh on my mind. I still remember the very moment and, and everything. Oh, it's, it's going to happen. And sometimes it's just a couple days and it happens, right? But a whole lot of times it ain't. A whole lot of times you got to wait and wait. And before long, you may even start to question yourself and say, Did God really tell me that? You know what Satan will do? See, I want you to understand something. Satan can't steal your promise from you, but he can instill doubt in your mind and destroy your faith. Destroy that trust in God that you have. So I ask you again, where do you put your trust? Because see, some of you are, are further away from that promise now, like I am. You're further down the road and you're looking back and and it seems even more impossible now. But where is your trust? Are you still believing God at His Word? Are you still taking Him at His Word? Are you still believing that that same God you serve can still do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think? Because see, I didn't ask for this, God. I didn't ask for it. You told me. So it's above what I can ask or think. In fact, the thing I was asking and thinking about was little bitty compared to what you promised. See, the thing I was asking or thinking about, I could have done on my own. I didn't need God. Huh? You ever find yourself thinking these kind of things? You ever find yourself battling with yourself? 
find myself arguing with God sometimes. God, I could have done that on my own. But you had to go and promise me something greater. And I'm going to trust you and believe you. See, I've got to remind myself. I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all don't have these kind of problems. I have, I don't know, I guess I have psychological issues, y'all. I deal with this kind of stuff, though. I have to remind myself who it is that I serve. Who it is that, that promised the thing to start with. You see, this wasn't something Kevin made up. This wasn't something that somebody else said, Oh, well, God told me to tell you this. No, this came from the throne. This come from the King of Kings. So who am I going to put my trust in? Am I going to trust the, the devil that's trying to rob me and devour me, that's trying to tell me, oh, it, there ain't no way, Kevin. And you even have trusted people that tell you, well, maybe what if we just did this? Wouldn't that be good enough? See, they're not, I'm not going to say they're being used by Satan. But Satan's using what they're saying against me. He's trying to tell me, see, see, you didn't need to look so big. You didn't need to think so out of the box. You could have just settled for this. He's trying to rob me. So let's read a little word. I wanna, I'm going to encourage you all today. I'm going to build you up some. I want you to know that you serve a mighty God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. Y'all know where I first heard this scripture at? It was in a song that Lemuel and John and Brother Tim, who's not here today, were singing. And you know, at first that was just a catchy song that stuck in my head. And one day I was reading the Word and, and I come across this scripture and I said, what, what a minute, wait a minute, what was that I just read? And I went back and I said, that's the song they've been singing. And you know that has stuck in my heart and in my spirit all the more ever since. And I encourage you to do the same thing. I encourage you to look for God's Word in songs. Right? If you can't find God's Word in the songs you're listening to, listen to some different songs. Find some that have it. I'm telling you right now, and don't change it just because the words sound better if you rearrange them. Listen to what saying, and I guarantee you when you remember the song, you'll remember His Word, and you can use it then. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Now y'all listen, this is after the colon, so let's forget everything we just read, and let's pay attention to the last part of this verse. There is power in this verse. What does the Word say? My people perish for lack of knowledge. This is knowledge. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able, not me, not my own thoughts, He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Now, I don't know what you're praying for. But God hears you. Commit it to Him. You see, I've got some people I'm praying for. I've got some some souls I want to see one. And I've committed them to God. Now, you know, I don't know what in the face of the enemy, I I don't know what's going to happen. 
But I know what this Word says. That's all that matters, right? When, when I look at the enemy and I see the obstacles, or obstacles as they said in a famous movie, I see the obstacles in my path. It looks, it looks monumental. How? I see nothing but a mountain and I don't have any mountain climbing gear, right? Doesn't matter. Praise God. It doesn't matter because it's not what I can do. It's not what Kevin can think of to say to somebody. It's what? It's who I have believed in. It's who I'm persuaded about. I'm persuaded He is able to keep the thing I commit unto Him against that day. He can keep it. Kevin don't have to keep record of it. Kevin don't have to worry about figuring out how it's going to happen. I don't have to spend my time stressing out and wondering what it is God's going to do and how He's going to do it. He's God. Let Him be God, people. Let Him have the charge. Let Him have the control. He's got the power power and resources to do it anyway. Amen. Amen. It's not me. It's Him. That's where I need to put my my faith and trust in. He's the one I need to be believing in and believing what He told me, not what I can think up about it. Right? I think some of y'all might have got that. Y'all look kind of convinced. Praise God. It's real easy in the midst of trials and tribulations. Y'all been through some tribulations lately. It's real easy when all of this stuff happens. Circumstances, right? Circumstances. My God's not a God of circumstances. He don't get bogged down with circumstances like I do. He knows the outcome. And praise God, He orchestrates most of it. Praise God, He has control of all of it. Circumstances don't weigh Him down. They don't affect His plan whatsoever. He knows what's going to happen before it does. So the next time you're in the midst of circumstances, remember what they are now. These, these things we go through are temporary. This isn't permanent. These things we go through are just, are just circumstances that change from day to day. But we serve a God that is able. We serve a God that's the solid rock, right? That's who I'm founded on is on a solid rock. You know what a solid rock does? It doesn't matter what blows against it. Wind, rain, sleet, snow. It doesn't matter. It's still when it's all gone, there's still a rock there. It hadn't changed one bit. That's what I'm founded on. That's who I'm believing in. The solid rock. The one that's not going to change just because my circumstances changed. You see, the promise didn't change. Circumstances may change along the way, but that promise remains. Remember who promised it to you. Remember who He is. See, He can see beyond time and circumstances. So we look at things that come up and say, oh, 
Wait a minute, God. How are you going to handle this? This is going to change everything, God. Wait a minute. What are you going to do to respond to this circumstance? He said, look, I saw the circumstances before they happened. I made the promise outside of the circumstances. Do you understand what kind of God we serve? He is mighty. He's worthy of all praise. He is the one that orders our steps. He looks beyond time and our circumstances. And when He makes a promise, Oh, it's going to be fulfilled, people. We don't have to worry about what's going on in our life right now. We don't have to worry about that kind of thing. I feel sorry for them people out there that don't know God. Because they they react to circumstances. That's all they have to deal with. I'm going to give you one more scripture. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Both of these scriptures I've used several times. It seems like God really wants to hammer that into people though. We need to remember. Second Peter 3 and 9. <clears throat> the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men, wait, let me read read this. The Lord, I want you to understand how this scripture needs to be read. Okay, this comes from a point of doubt, and somebody's reassuring you of what it is you should be thinking. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. That's how it ought to be read, right? The Lord's not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, this particular verse is an answer to... Uh, it's talking about salvation, right? Talking about the promise that, that you will be redeemed. You may be suffering tribulation right now, but there's going to come a time when that promise will be fulfilled. And you'll be with Him. But I'm telling y'all, this is how God is, okay? You can take that same kind of mentality about salvation or redemption, how He's not slack concerning that promise. And I guarantee you that same character of God about His slackness concerning that promise applies to any promise. That's how He is. He's not slack concerning His promises. What does that mean? Does that mean that... that It means He doesn't take it lightly, right? When He promises something, not only is He serious about the promise, He has the resources and ability to fulfill the promise. God does not lie. Not only does He not lie. Now understand this. There's times I may make a promise... And then circumstances change, and I then can't fulfill my promise. Not because I lied. I didn't lie about it. But everything's different now. I don't have the ability to now fulfill that promise, right? I will do my best, but let's face it. Your best does not compare to God's best. When God makes a promise, y'all understand now, listen... He sees everything. He has unlimited wealth and resources, immeasurable wealth. 
So when circumstances in your life change, He doesn't have to react to circumstances. He already knew they was going to be there ahead of time. And you know what? Let's just assume for a minute something could take, catch God off guard. Hypothetical, okay? It's a big word for East Texas boy. Hypothetical situation. Something could catch God off guard. He's got unlimited resources. It's no sweat for Him to fulfill His promise. Right? So that's what we need to understand about God. He does not think about things like I do. Not even close. What does the Word say? His ways are higher than our ways. That's a profound statement. There is a big reality check in that statement. His ways are higher than our ways. You know what that means? Everything you just thought you understood about God should go out the window because He is much greater than that. You cannot put bounds on His greatness. You can't put Him in your box. You can't measure His greatness and His glory. You can't. The picture in your mind, you have a God, just forget about it. Because as soon as you think you have Him down, He's going to say, that don't even come close. Your feeble intellect just... And I'm not talking down to y'all. I'm saying ours. We can't comprehend God. That don't mean we shouldn't try to understand Him better. But what I'm trying to tell you today is that those great mountains that are in your way, those obstacles, ain't nothing to God. You know why He said, with the faith of a grain of mustard seed... You can speak to that mountain and be removed. You know why? Is that is it because that little bit of faith somehow empowers you and, and now you've got this great might? No, it's because He's the one doing the work. He's the one. And that little bit of faith, you're believing that He can, is all it takes to put Him in action. You see, a little bit of faith produces great results. That doesn't happen in worldly things. A little bit of money does not produce a great amount of money. But with God, a little bit of faith enables Him. He says, okay, now I'll do something because you believe. Not not now I can, now I will. See, there's a difference there. God always can. He just always won't. Sometimes He'll say, not right now. Now's not the time. You're not believing enough. You're not seeking me enough. I've got a better plan. Whatever the answer is. He's got got it figured out. So I'm going to ask you one more time as we're closing. Where are you placing your trust? You see, it's easy to throw that answer out there. It's easy to say, oh, I trust God. In the midst of a storm, who do you trust? In the midst of the storm, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? See, I've been there. And it ain't always God. I don't think anybody ever has a problem saying that Kevin is not blunt and honest. 
I'm not always the first one to call on God. I should. That should be where I turn. But you know where I spend a great deal of my time wasted? Depending on myself. Trying to figure out how am I... Even the times y'all... Oh, well, listen. Oh, wait a minute. Even the times I say, oh, God, help me. What do I do? What do I do then as soon as I hang up the phone? I go and do what I need, think I need to do, right? See, I call on God, but I still don't leave it with Him. Come before the throne of grace. Oh, seeking mercy to help us in a time of need. God, here is our problem. We lay it at your feet. And, okay, I gotta go. I'm gonna take it with me. I'm gonna do some homework while you're thinking on this, right? We don't want to give it over to God because we think for some reason, subconsciously, we, we can figure it out. We can handle it. When what we ought to be doing is saying, God, what's my next move? How should I handle this? God, work in their lives. Whatever the problem may be, you know what it is. God, work it out. Open the door. Give me words to say. Help me to do the right thing. If it's my fault, convict me of it. Show me where I'm wrong. See, that's giving it to God. So who do you trust? Who do you turn to? Do you turn to yourself? I guarantee you, if most of you here today were going to be honest, you would say it's at least 50-50. I hope you are encouraged today. In the midst of your trouble, don't look around. Don't look around at circumstances. Look up, look up to God. I know that sounds cliche, but it's the truth. You look around at all these circumstances, and what's the first thing that happens? Your faith is destroyed. Your faith is destroyed. And you know what you do then? You start over. Don't look around at circumstances. The next time you see a mountain coming up ahead, start praying about it beforehand. Don't wait till you're in the midst of it. Sometimes it'll surprise you and you won't have an opportunity. But if you see trouble looming on the horizon, start praying beforehand. God, help me get around this thing. What do I need to do? Lord, I'm seeking you right now. And, you know, God forbid you actually have to fast over the thing. God forbid you have to sacrifice something to pray. Y'all, we need to get serious. Now, this is dire situations. I'm not just talking about your day-to-day life. I'm t- this is life and death for a lot of people. I'm not talking about physical life and death. I'm talking about spiritual. There are people every day leaving this earth and they don't have the slightest clue who Jesus is. And that's our fault. Now, I ain't going to blame nobody else. It's our fault. We've got to reach them. And, you know, we can't, we can't expect them... And y'all thinking, what in the world does this have to do with it? You can't expect them to respond to anything you say when you yourself are not trusting in God. You see, that's what they see. They watch you and they look and they see how you react when trouble comes. You think they don't? I guarantee you they do. Time and time again, I see it in my own life. I see how I react and I see the people looking at me and what they think of me. Even in my own family, I see my kids. 
we were fasting one time, and <clears throat> my kids asked me, well, Daddy, how come you aren't eating? And I said, well, I'm trying to get closer to God. I mean, how do you explain this to a four- or five-year-old? I mean, I'm trying to get closer to God. Two years later, out of the blue, my son tells my wife he didn't want to eat any lunch. And she said, why? And he said, I'm trying to get closer to God. You know, I don't know how deep of a thought that was, but there's a principle put in place in him already that he can sacrifice food, something like that that feeds his body, and get closer to God. You see, he sees what I do. And it's not just my kids. Other people see what I do. I'm not telling you to go around bragging to people about fasting. I'm telling you that that is a great example of how people watch you and they see how you react when circumstances around you change. Who do you trust? Where do you turn? I hope you'll leave here today with some new encouragement. See, I don't know everything going on in your life. I don't know everything that you're facing. I don't know all the trials and tribulations that you're going through or have been through or are going to go through. But I tell you one one person that does, and that's God. He knows everything about it. And He is the one that you need to be asking for directions from. You know, if if I travel somewhere, we have a GPS, and that thing is right most of the time. But as we found out yesterday, apparently businesses can move. You see, it can't react when circumstances change. Not that quickly. But God knows all about that. He can guide you and direct you. That's why the Word says that His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows me what's going on around me and it shows me what's coming up ahead. His Word. Knowledge, right? Knowledge. Knowledge of His Word. His promises. See, if you start believing the wrong promise, you believe a false promise, one that He didn't make, that ain't going to help you none. That's going to be detrimental to you. But when you know what His Word says, you know what His promises are, you know what you can stand on and what you can't.